0: Hey Fang gang, welcome back to another episode of Slayer Lair. Today we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 11, Out of Mind, Out of Sight. We're your hosts, Jen, Amanda, and Chris. In this week's episode of Buffy, we had an invisible student causing havoc for Cordelia and she has to realize and admit that she thinks Buffy's awesome and get some help from Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was my main (laughs) takeaway. This was definitely another I would say like another after school special type of episode where like it's not a monster it's a girl. It was it was science (laughs) it was quantum physics yeah i actually specifically made a note i made notes specifically for both of you of parts that i was like oh jen and amanda are really gonna like this part um wait so is this the first
1: sci-fi episode
0: i mean i think so because everything else is I feel like has... Well, there was the computer one. There's the one where the internet is attacking that's everyone. True. That was a demon, though. It was a demon in the net. It was. It was a demon in the net, though. <laughs> okay, so that... Okay,
1: that... Where do you draw the line on, on Yeah. That yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so soul in
0: computer. Yeah, be because there one also was... That's when we met the... What was her... The, like... What was... Oh, Miss Calendar. Miss Calendar. Okay. She called herself, like, a... Uh, a it was like techno a, tech, hacker yeah, or something techno wicked something yeah something. I guess amazing. that was a little sci-fi, but yeah, this was much more sci-fi. So yes, but I do think it had strong um, after-school special vibes. There was a lot of like anti-bullying happening.
1: Yeah, there was. <laughs> oh, it was really. Uh... It's weird because it had moments of being touchy-feely and then it would go in like a totally different dark direction of like humor because of the bullying. So
0: I didn't know what to feel
1: <laughs> half of the time.
0: Yeah, um, I, and so I just actually want to point out that the director of this episode, um, and I'm going to try to pronounce his name correctly but it's Reza Bidaye and he is an Iranian American film director and he actually developed the opening montages for the Mary Tyler Moore show (laughs) yeah wonderful and get smart angel yeah and um also he directed the 1981 movie of mice and men
1: whoa wow and then this episode of and then this episode
0: <laughs> fabulous <Yeah>. those <laughs> mary tyler moore shots got him all warmed up so he was TV. the one who gave us the classic mary tyler moore throwing her hat into the air wow legend yeah. right <laughs> wow that's um, crazy while we're just taking stock really quick i want to go through a cast of characters really fast cuz we mm. meet someone new in this episode who is with us throughout the rest of this series um we have our like scooby gang and also willie is wearing a scooby doo t-shirt so totally scoobies <laughs> on scoobies um and then we meet cordelia again obviously a gem and her friend Harmony is the person I really wanted to point Mm. out because she doesn't really get much of an intro in this episode but I do think it's our first time meeting her Harmony is sort of Cordelia's um flunky I guess she just like kind of follows her around and like Mm. repeats whatever she says she's like the Robin yes Mm. she's like the Robin um or the Gretchen
1: she's like the Gretchen to uh, Cordelia's Regina yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) she did look very familiar and so that makes sense that she is in that she comes back so she comes back a number of times so yeah I just wanted to point that out and also she's rocking like this lime green 50s style like ribbon in her hair Mm -hmm. it's just like tied in her hair yeah just tied in her hair yeah which was just weird i think Um, she has
1: it the whole time right she does yeah even though she even when it's like days later okay yeah
0: yeah. yes she's loving it she's feeling that lime green well so that almost kind of like leans into like gets us into the beginning of the episode where so it starts with um this conversation that cordelia is having with harmony and her i guess like current bow <laughs> at the time <laughs> and they're basically just talking about how much they love spring like the season <laughs> and how uh, they get to wear it like all these great outfits and just that- well, it's really how Cordelia gets to wear them right it's yes. not about anybody else she <laughs> makes it pretty clear that it's about me in spring colors and me at the dance
1: Ooh, prom they're talking uh, about prom
0: then she calls it may queen she's like i'm gonna be may queen and so it's probably more like homecoming oh well, homecoming no, okay because later they call it prom okay oh. that i was okay so and i got confused. Helped, too. even brings it up she's like at my school they called it something different and that's like dude is prom queen like <laughs> copyright or something yeah. like if you say it <laughs> and then it's like weird when they later called it prom but yeah very strange
1: I was definitely getting strong midsummer vibes the whole episode because they kept talking about May Queen and coronations (laughs) of the May Queen. And it just, now that's taken on such a sinister, (laughs) like, meaning for me. I was definitely creeped out immediately. But they're having, dude, they're having this conversation, right? And they're walking down the hallway and they're obviously not, like, paying attention to anyone else and they totally mowed down Buffy who's just trying to get to class and they like knock her to the ground and Buffy spills this bag of like maces and medieval swords and metal workings all over the ground it's so amazing it's like I didn't even see stakes I just saw a bunch of medieval weaponry like that you would expect to be hung in like a cross like over like a fireplace in a castle or something it was so fucking weird and she
0: just like spills it all over the ground and it's very embarrassing yeah and then cordelia definitely makes fun of her for being weird and for always hanging out with the creepy librarian which probably i mean that tracks yeah (laughs)
1: For if you don't know the behind the scenes of their relationship, it's probably fucking weird for sure.
0: yeah. So it only makes sense. Um, and then would you say oh. that Giles is a tweed daddy if the master <laughs> <laughs> is a leather daddy? I would say that.
1: I would yeah, say I, think, I fuck with Giles. I fuck with I Giles. I think
0: that he really has a daddy role in this episode, especially. So totally. look out. For that, for tweed daddy vibes. Throughout. Okay. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> so we um, eventually we get to class, and it's I I'm assuming some kind of English class. It's a new teacher I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ms. Miller. Yeah, and apparently, like Cordelia is. Like good in this class. I don't know. She is always raising her hand and I was just kind of, well, I mean I it seems contradictory to her character to like care so much about a class, I guess. And I thought that it almost like introduced some more depth to her character than we've gotten this whole season.
1: Yeah, and it shows that, I mean, she likes that class so much. It's like she I mean, she's responding to questions about the content, which they're talking about The Merchant of Venice. So that's, like, the play they're talking about. Um, It's a Shakespeare play, and she has, like, insight, I guess, to, like, the themes of the play, but it's from, like, a perspective of herself, right? But she still, I guess, is, like reading the content and understanding it enough to like project it onto her life and like how she sees the world right so it's really interesting her commentary on that and then she even stays after class to ask the teacher for like guidance on like a paper that she's working on so she's even doing the homework and she's really like trying to kind of develop her paper and she asked the teacher for help and so like they have a relationship it seems like they have a relationship too of like you know the teacher appreciating like her input in class and then you know like we have like a like a mentor type relationship is the vibe that you're getting which was actually yes. like kind of cool yeah <laughs>
0: it's definitely how you know that that teacher like this episode has it in for that teacher because in the Buffyverse, you're like not allowed to be a good teacher. That's true. Yeah, I did say that I immediately suspected the teacher. I was like, whatever's gonna happen, it's the teacher. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I wrote that down pretty early in my I just thought she was (laughs) gonna die. I just immediately thought she was gonna die. And then also I wanna point out that in this, while they're discussing The Merchant of Venice, they specifically are talking about the anger of the outcast in our society, which is becomes clearly a theme of the episode as we continue forward and as we see what the like monster of the episode really is is just mm-hmm. like the anger from an outcast in this like high school society, mm-hmm. and I feel like that is that was. That doesn't always happen in the show. Sometimes it seems like they're in class and the teacher says something that sounds like it carries a lot of depth but has nothing to do with anything. I appreciated that this time it actually carried some weight in the themes that we see in the episode.
1: Yeah, I actually, I agree. I spark noted uh, Merchant of Venice. It is not something that I had to read in school. I feel like... um, it's reference like, the Pound of Flesh reference, I feel like it's like, a culture, cultural reference, but I don't feel like it's one of Shakespeare's, like, at least in my life, like, most famous mm-hmm. works, and I looked it up, and the fucking story is very, like, <laughs> rambling and confusing in fiancés dressing as, like, lawyers to trick their husband. It's, like, very convoluted. But one thing that I thought was really interesting was, and it's like the character that they discuss in class is like the character of Shylock and how he is both a victim and of the villain of the play, right? So he's like a victim because he's like persecuted for his religious beliefs by another of the main characters Antonio, but he also like seeks revenge, right? And demanding that he get a pound of flesh from Antonio at the same time. So I feel like Yeah, it's a lot of super deep foreshadowing in, like, this two-minute, like, clip of class that was really, really interesting. And also I was interested because I was like, pound of flesh, how evil is that really? And so I guess humans, I looked it up, we have 20 pounds of skin. (laughs) Our skin just, like, weighs 20 pounds. So I guess a pound, like, give or take. I mean, he'd have, like, a bad day after it for sure, but (laughs) not much. (laughs) (laughs) gross so flash to we get okay so we go from that really like heartwarming scene of like cordelia having a relationship with a teacher and she's walking off talking about prom and everything is totally great flash to the boys locker room
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) where it's super misty dude yeah all the showers one person is showering (laughs) <laughs>
1: like it doesn't
0: even make
1: sense, <laughs> dude. And so Cordelia's beau, Mitch, he's in there, and he's t- typical guys locker room talk. Apparently, talk. Dude, dude. Apparently, it's Mitch is a crazy. scumbag. Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> he's a fucking scumbag. And he is like, oh, gotta go. He's talking to his homie. Like, he has to go pick up his
0: suit. Yeah, he's like, oh, I can't go to the Bronx later because I got to get my tux so I can get some puss. Yeah, dude! <laughs> he's a
1: scumbag. Um, and so his friend's like, haha, ha, good job. You're totally going to, like, get it in tonight. I'm going to dip. And so it's just Mitch by himself. Mm-hmm.
0: And then all of a sudden, my captions say, quote unquote, giggling. <laughs> <laughs> Dis, it should say
1: disembodied giggling because we hear giggling. It's totally like a Moaning Myrtle situation. Like you just hear yeah. giggling like a girl's giggling like and then it just hello like who's there and all of a sudden his fucking baseball bat starts floating <laughs> and the baseball bat beats his ass. Yeah, it's it it shit, the out, shit, of shit him. out of him.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's really intense. It's like one of the more violent, even though we've seen monsters and people have literally died in the show up until this point, this was one of the more violent scenes that I think we've seen. Yeah, it was it was fucked up. And yeah. then also there's just like this ghostly giggling happening. (laughs) She like dents the locker with the baseball bat. It definitely was a
1: more psychological attack because it's like most attacks we've seen, it's like, okay, nice stabbing, you're attacked, you're jumped on, you're bitten or whatever. This was like the bat is bashing him in but then it like taunts him by like beating the locker in front of him yes. like Whoa. yeah so it starts denting the locker before like beating his ass again dude it was like definitely And he's definitely just like cowering on the ground
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. really dude because <laughs> everyone left the showers at this point so there's no one to help him mm-hmm. yeah Okay, so yes. Mitch so now we know what the episode's
1: going to be about at that point. It's disembodied ghostly. Yeah.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes um, we know that that's it because that's when we get the second intro. So yes. it's obvious that this is going to be the main, like, monster or antagonist, at least, as mm-hmm. far as we know, for the rest of the episode. And then... <laughs> okay, and then we have um, Buffy, and she's just, like, standing by her locker, and all of a sudden, like, Cordelia is walking around, and she has, I guess, like, a tiny box that must have, like, 12 chocolates in <laughs> It was ridiculous, dude. It was the smallest box. And she was like, I got these made to hand out to people. So they'll vote for me for, I guess, May Queen, which we've established is probably, but <laughs> apparently. Copyrighted. copyrighted yeah and so they're these like gold coins like the nasty chocolate coins and they have a c printed on it and it's like okay i guess you're gonna give that shit to 12 fucking people and which makes sense why she doesn't give one to buffy because she only has 12 dude. <laughs> yeah. she's like buffy was not gonna vote for me anyways what a waste um and obviously buffy doesn't eat fucking chocolate <laughs> Why doesn't she eat chocolate? Dude, Buffy eats dark chocolate. I feel like she's... uh, <laughs>
1: She's, like, too grown for that.
0: Milk yeah, milk. exactly. She's lived too much life. She... So when she's eating chocolate, it's to feel something. Not... Exactly, dude. Yeah. And so she doesn't even get a chocolate, and Cordelia is super mean to her. Like, in front of her little, like, lackeys. Because at this point, there's, like, a group of four or five kind of unnamed girls around Cordelia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Willow and Xander kind of like walk up and right, you're like, okay, maybe they'll help buffy get out of this feeling bad but then they just get into this like weird inside joke thing about the worst yeah about some shit from like sixth grade and then making buffy feeling even more like isolated and left out dude okay um,
1: so this is the now kind of like a second isolation theme to reference, roughly. right so this is like isolation from the point of view of like somebody who has like close relationships with people but you know isn't hasn't been like a part of their life long enough Mm -hmm. to yeah transplant her Mm -hmm. and like care about her it's like it's this is more of like a self-inflicted isolation right it's like an isolation from Buffy's point of view but definitely not shared by like Xander and Willow who Mm -hmm. like obviously care about her um So yeah, Buffy is definitely not only did she get her bag of medieval like sex toys knocked to the ground (laughs) this morning, but her friends have like this inside joke and you can tell like she's just having like a really bad morning, like emotionally, like mentally, like you can tell she's like not doing very well this morning and she's feeling sad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's feeling sad. And then we kind of get um, this conversation between Cordelia and Buffy where, you know, cordelia is just talking about like wanting to be may queen and this is when buffy was like oh yeah like i was that in my last school (laughs) and but then she drops the like we call it something different (laughs) because buffy was obviously prom queen in her last school right um and i think that that also kind of adds into almost this like other part of isolation for buffy too because she's like missing her old life a little bit like she was the Cordelia at her school Mm -hmm. when she was like living in LA right and I think it's all just it's just a reminder that you know this time she would be the one handing out chocolates maybe (laughs) and now it's like that bitch won't even fucking give her one Mm -hmm. Um, and that mm -hmm. seems like combination of like being a student in a new school right that like very normal human struggle that we kind of love Buffy for as well as this like supernatural isolation Mm -hmm. from like being the slayer and like Mm -hmm. literally not being able to be understood by any of your peers because you're a fucking superhero so you can like bend over or like jump over fences that are 20 feet high without bending your knees and (laughs) anyone possibly relate to that totally so Yeah, I think that's a really good point to point out that she's, like, also having this isolation from these people right now, from her friends. Well,
1: all of this mental fog that Buffy is kind of, like, dealing with and unpacking right now is broken up because homie from the baseball team runs into the hallway and says, Mitch has been attacked! (laughs) (laughs) He's been attacked in the locker room! Oh, God! But first twist of the show... Mitch isn't dead. How totally. often do you get attacked in the Sunnydale locker room when you make make it out alive? I totally. mean, come on.
0: That's Dude, that guy to needs to like go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. And but I, I actually like... oh go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say when he when he comes out, I feel like he has the only appropriate response to a Sunnydale attack ever, where he's just angry and confused and like, knows that no one should believe him when he says that he was attacked by his own baseball bat. I feel like we never really get an honest response to people. It's always like, eh, living on the hell mouth. Well, they're always <laughs> corpses. Yeah, they're never trying to too. explain themselves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, but honestly, this scene, I, again, I stand for Principal Snyder, dude. He yeah. is the only, he has the only appropriate principal response, which is like, no Buffy, Willow, and Xander please don't go into the crime scene like you need to go
0: back to class didn't he like drop this line where he was like no dead students this week <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <good. laughs>
1: and so Buffy ends up sneaking into the crime scene anyway and what's the first thing she does she fucking touches
0: everything I know she literally she like totally kicks she the baseballs <laughs> Tick, 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 and like roll super far away from like where it naturally fell oh my god dude but also like anyone was gonna fucking go in there
1: and- also yeah yeah oh, Sunnydale no. PD is nowhere to be found
0: again yeah. um can we talk about what Buff is wearing when she goes into okay like yeah class so and fucks every guess has, please like guess a please. pink skirt that has cherries all over it (laughs) and cowboy boots (laughs) these like no I think they're like they're like knee-high cowboy boots though they are knee high (laughs) cowboy boots and then her yeah her skirt is like right above her knee and then she just has like you know like a little classic white v-neck tee to go over it it's very like I definitely wore that outfit. <laughs> That's literally what I said when I was watching it. It was like I owned that outfit for sure. It's so nineties. That skirt, I love it oh my so god! Much. Yeah, very good. <laughs> awesome. So she's in there looking cute as fuck, but like messing up the whole crime scene, I'm not giving a fuck. And then she like closes all the locker doors, right? So all these DNA everywhere. Yeah, and she just like closes them all. And then there's like a message written on it, which in, I don't, was it in blood? It's spray painted? I thought it was spray painted. okay. Spray painted. Yeah. So it's spray painted and it just says, look. Look. Like that's it. That's it. So we obviously have someone who is really into arts and crafts, (laughs) which will become a Repeating themes, totally. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, back at the cafeteria, the gang is like talking about how Mitch was attacked, and so they're eating lunch with Giles, like
0: in the cafeteria, (laughs)
1: dude. I'm telling you, their relationship looks sus. Yeah, dude. Like like, teachers
0: go and eat in the faculty lounge. It's yeah. (laughs) Anyways, so they're talking about the cafeteria.
1: They're kind of like spitballing ideas on like what it could be, telekinesis, invisible creature,
0: ghost, Mm -hmm. I really liked. A poltergeist specifically because it's someone who's like violently throwing or, you know, like there's a more violent energy behind it. So yeah, dude. But if it was a ghost, like how many ghosts would there fucking be at Sunnydale High? There are so many dead and missing children in this town, dude. Like you don't totally. have to worry about one ghost; you have to worry about fifty ghosts for sure. So I feel like I that feel like new, I feel like it's never. Like,
1: no, I feel like that's never addressed. I feel like there's a potential for there to be ghosts. They live on the hill now. Totally, there's definitely ghosts there. It's just not this episode. Not
0: this episode. You end up finding out. But um and this is when I was like, it's got to be the history teacher. She loves Cordelia and I was like okay. and she heard Mitch talking about getting it in. Oh yeah. my God. So I was totally like this is this is where I sus- I suspect the teacher. And I'm thinking like Cordelia is like all of the points that she made, I felt like didn't really make sense and she is I think that, the, the teacher has like a weird like crush on Cordelia. And okay. so that's why she attacked the the BF dude. So yeah, this is where I stand at this point in that episode. Okay. <laughs> Well, the gang
1: does not suspect the teacher and their plan of action is to compile a list of all the dead kids. And I am feeling like the list would be a hundred pages long (laughs) and it would not narrow things down. If anything, it would widen the number of suspects that it could be because there's hell missing and dead kids at this Yeah. They would just
0: learn about new open cases probably that they didn't solve. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, But they also are like, we should ask Cordelia, like, what she knows, because, like, it's her boyfriend or whatever, so let's go see if she knows, like, what's up, or suspects anyone.
0: And then Cordelia is walking with her friend Harmony, and basically she is like, dude, what am I gonna do about my, like, prom pics? And she's like, maybe I can get someone to airbrush them, because my BF's face is fucked up, because he just got beat with a baseball bat.
1: I'm not gonna lie, if Ian gets mugged or something before the wedding, I'm definitely gonna be like, uh, better put some ice on that shit.
0: (laughs) 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 These pictures are expensive. Come on. Dude, totally. Um, but yeah, we could Photoshop them, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's Yeah. that's true. Color correct. And so this is when I was
1: like, okay, so they're calling it prom because she calls them that's where they call it prom for the first time. And I get
0: confused. Yeah. Totally. Um and then all of a sudden (laughs) there's a weird like flashback or something. Yeah, it's a weird flashback. It's almost like sepia. (laughs) <laughs> it's yes. like a weird 90s sepia. Like it's show like not you quite sepia, yeah. To show it's you just that it's like back in time but not that much back in time. Totally. Like, oh, yeah. It's not totally like 1800s. It's like yeah.
1: 18 days ago. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so it's like essentially the same it's like the same place, you know? Yeah. Like the Okay, and it's this memory of the, in the same place and it's Cordelia talking to Harvey and she's saying that you know, oh, this Mitch guy, if he makes the varsity team, I think I'm gonna try to go out with him. So I can become May Queen, basically. <laughs> it's like she, her plot. Um, yeah. And then it's like, it's
1: like you, it's like a first person camera, right? It's like, it's definitely realize, a POV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you realize it's someone watching them talk about this because all of a sudden they look at the camera and they're like, um, excuse me. Like, what do you want? And that's like where the memory
0: ends. Which I almost feel. I feel like it's valid, dude. Because it's like she's kind of laying out like Just a standing pretty good. fucked up plan. <laughs> yeah. <And it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing, listening to my plan, dude? You're not part of this. So, right when the memory
1: ends, Buffy is like approaching Cordelia to be like hey you know she's like hey cordelia can i ask you something and they have the exact same reaction as in the memory they're like oh my god it's buffy what the fuck like why do weirdos always approach me in this fucking courtyard (laughs) (laughs) and just as they turn around (laughs) harmony fully gets shoved down the
0: stairs like so so many stairs dude there must be like 40 stairs (laughs) it's it's a huge you would hear the Someone air escape herself, out of her. Yeah, and they're like, like that's how cement, hard like outdoor <laughs> stairs. <you know? laughs> like, I really thought that she was going to be dead, dude. <laughs> the stairs dude, are so no, long. Really, she just breaks an ankle, and Oof. she's like chill as fuck about yeah, it. Yeah, she's, she's like, not even like, Ugh! I think my ankle is broken. <laughs> and it's like, dude what the fuck how are you a main character in this like there are so many good like screams that random side characters have and shit and you can't even yeah I was disappointed in Harmony in, in this moment of her broken ankle I did not buy it
1: it's this wasn't hurt. these obviously weren't the lines that she read to get this part because yeah for sure. not believable it's- at all
0: season one season one so yeah that's true, that's true. And not the so best acting out of anybody she is definitely like someone pushed me you know mm-hmm. she's like I and there's giggling on me and there's giggling and, and there's this like on my crack. caption says girl giggling oh
1: so now they've
0: gendered the giggles at this point
1: <laughs> wait so buffy hears the giggles
0: yeah and she follows buffy it hears and follows the giggles Into the new into the ceiling and okay at this point (laughs) I want to just like take a pause so the um she hears the the you know she hears the giggling go into the ceiling and then it says like footsteps so she hears giggles and then footsteps and she looks up right it's in the ceiling so one time when I was in high school this kid got into the ceiling of the high school dude and would not come out and they had to like stop classes and use the like PA system to like coerce him out and it was just like Michael it's time to come out now like, it's you know come down your mother's here to take you home and it dude it went on for So long. It was like a whole half a day of school. This kid was, and like the fire department had to come. Okay, wait, so, so describe, random. Michael. Did you know this kid? I'm not going to describe him, do you? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking legend. Fucking yeah.
0: legend. <laughs> okay, so that okay, like, wait. brought me back to that so <laughs> when <laughs> The footsteps <laughs> happened in the ceiling, so I just had to share that.
1: It's weird how topical that was for like a moment in your life. Like that's, <laughs> that's never good. So, side note, previous episodes where we're off book and we're not in like the master timeline like the main timeline and we have these like one-off like goosebumps episodes this was the first episodes where I was getting strong x-files vibes right which Mm. takes us back to like okay this is like feeling way more science Mm -hmm. fiction-y for me um maybe it's because be um whatever is happening it's like from an invisible point of view so there is no room for like you know cheesy animatronic Mm. or like bad practical effects or, like, things like that. So maybe that's why it's feeling more of, like, a, a, a science-y vibe instead of, like, a, a Halloween vibe.
0: Yeah. Maybe also a little less campy because you're not getting a back and forth between the antagonist and Buffy, which we usually do get. We're getting more, a lot more of an empathetic vibe from Buffy to... This antagonist character who is as of yet not named and also though to like Cordelia and to like herself and a lot more human to human connection happening instead of, yeah, like a lot of one liners and back Mm -hmm. and forth between Buffy and whoever she's fighting.
1: Yeah, it's Dude, really and crazy. this x file vibes carries into the next scene because the next scene is like, okay, the gang, they're talking. Buffy's telling them about how she went into the music room and it's definitely not a ghost because whatever she was chasing bumped into her. And
0: she said it, it wasn't cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's not a ghost. Not a ghost. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we have in the background of them talking are like men in black suits. Dude, there are totally men in black.
0: <laughs> and there's a, they were like, did Cordelia hire these people? Because Cordelia's like giving a little... At this point, she, I think she's won, right? And Or is she accepting that she won? Yeah, when uh, she's like on yeah. that stage, she's won already. She's like definitely standing at a podium and she's like saying yeah. thank you. And then the men in black are like standing kind of like... Almost like they would be, like, security for that, and so, right? Yeah. And is what it seems like, and so, yeah. They're also realizing
1: that Cordelia is the common denominator, at least between Harmony and Mitch at yes. this point. Yes, totally. So Buffy decides to, later that night, go back to Sunnydale, and she has on an all-chocolate brown outfit. All-chocolate. is dude. fucking incredible. Yeah. So it's like a brown... Leather pants, right? She has the brown leather, like, chunky heel boots. She has a brown leather jacket on and then, like, a leather brown tank top, like, tight tank top underneath. It is so fucking amazing.
0: It's amazing, dude. And, like, okay, so she goes to the school because Cordelia is going to be there, like, working on her dress and so yeah and that's which what's happening so it's weird. so weird so cordelia is there the school is empty it's at night there's one room with people in it it's cordelia is she making her dress what the fuck that doesn't add up at all Dude, to her character the dress looks
1: renaissance which i thought was so weird it totally. was like it has like a tied corset yeah. I mean, maybe, I'm like, okay, it's 90s, but it does not look, it just looks totally. weird. It, looks it was very weird. Like and then there's like
0: those five like kind of flacky girls in there and they're all just like throwing fabrics in the air, kind of like it's one of those scenes where she's just standing there in a dress and people are throwing fabrics at her. And, <laughs> and like laughing and giggling. And yeah, that. like having an amazing time. <laughs> and Buffy just
1: looks in like longingly. <laughs> yeah, she looks at, yeah, she definitely has a moment of being, you know, isolated yeah again like definitely feeling sad and like left out okay meanwhile yeah meanwhile
0: <laughs> so does Giles are, live in the library does no, no Giles, Giles has a
1: baller house? ass bachelor okay. pad dude yeah. Giles fucks. we'll see it okay you, you <laughs> yeah. totally know because you see his baller fucking house dude it's amazing and you, but you no. see him
0: have a booty call later yeah yeah later. okay dude okay
1: Cool. Giles but for now, Charles
0: is. He just had. He just keeps his like tea and like no. But they it was just so library. late at night, and he was. But, at but the no, but they're still. researching an invisible okay. person.
1: He's not cool. there late every night. He's okay. just trying to fucking figure out because they're not used to this bullshit, invisible totally. shit, right? So, he's there late at night, and he's hearing noises, dude. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and it's angel and angel looks hotter than ever okay i know i told you that angel gets hot and he looks so is it because season one took like two years to film or something because he looks fucking different and he looks amazing dude he looks so fucking good i'm sorry let me just gush for a second he just fucking looks like he got older or something i don't know but he (laughs) was
0: hot as shit i was like oh my god it's angel Dude, yeah, it felt like it had been a, l- a while.
1: It had okay, been wait. since
0: they ki- since they kissed,
1: right? Okay, so the last time, as a reminder, the last time we saw Angel was episode seven. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen him for a while. It's been like back-to-back like spin-off weird episodes we had like the pack we had the ventriloquist like we've had like a lot of weird episodes away from the storyline so we haven't seen him this whole time mm-hmm. and the last time we saw him was when they had that hella hot kiss where mm-hmm. the cross was burning him too
0: yeah he like didn't react <laughs> <Totally>.
1: <laughs> um and they said goodbye mm-hmm. so that's where his relationship with Buffy stands when he all of a sudden like shows up
0: Dude, and then he is there and he totally can't, says he can't be around Buffy and Aww. it's because he loves her. And Giles eats it up, dude. He's like, he likes that poetic shit. Yeah, he he's like, it's poetic in a maudlin way, sort of way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so good. Maudlin is such a good word.
1: As usual, Angel is coming with no information
0: <laughs> at all. Yeah. He just mm-hmm. showed up to
1: be like the master's planning something big. To-
0: Dude, so like, but some, this is actually maybe the most information that he brings. Um, Also, they call the master the Vampire King, and I loved that. Speaking of things that got eaten up, I ate that shit right (laughs) up. I loved it. Um, So he comes to discuss the Vampire King and Slayer lore. And I think that this is the episode where, although later in the episode giles will lie to buffy and say like and never mention that angel made an appearance i think that he appreciates and trusts angel in this moment because he's like showing up and is not trying to see buffy but is trying to help and like offers actual physical assistance by like discussing this codex that has the most complete prophecies that Giles is like, oh, it was lost in the 15th century. But since Angel is like fucking hundreds of years old. He's like, that he's shit's like, on my bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. He's like, dude, I'll get it for you. Yeah, it's
1: it. like in his he, bathroom, like in the yes. magazine rack. <laughs> dude,
0: yes. So it's like kind of an, I, I feel like this is, even though, dude, I did not I did not think that Angel looked any different. I do appreciate him as a character. And I appreciate him in this episode. I feel like he really grows on you here where he you like really start to see how his relationship with Buffy is gonna be hella fucking complex and how I want Angel to he... grow in me. <laughs> Ew, you want him to enter you soft? Yes, I would allow
1: that. <laughs> He's so hot.
0: <laughs> Uh, okay wait yeah. wait wait and wait also of, like this was an angels in the gang now to, yes, too yes like angels, that was a like, uh, part of the me, this clan. was a big moment for that too
1: dude i feel like yeah this is a big episode i feel like there's a bunch of people that get folded in in this episode and you kind of see that they're going to be like part of like the team um it's like a lot of foreshadowing of what mm-hmm. the gang is like eventually going to become right but First of all, Christy, you're so wrong. He looks amazing. (laughs) That's all I want to say about that. Um, It's upsetting that you don't agree. We're
0: about to talk about the hottest person in the episode soon.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, 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 wait, wait, wait. Really quickly before we get get to the hottest person in the episode, um, I'll say two things. So we're clarifying that the Pergamum Codex, it has the role of Slayers up to the end years. What that means, I'm not sure if it means, like, to the end of time, to the end of days, their role in preventing the end of days. We need to, like, learn more about that. But we know that that information is in this codex, which Angel says he that he can get. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was an interesting play by Angel to offer Giles, like, the one thing that, you know, is the way to Giles' heart,
0: which is, like, uh lost knowledge yeah, totally. <laughs> about the Slayer. So also, that what if Angel move. thinks that maybe there's some info in there about how Buffy falls in love with a, a cursed vampire oh, and, and gets shit. to like be with him. And so he's like, maybe the secret of how I can be with Buffy is actually in that book that is perv-
1: oh my God, the about be, Slayers. It yeah. would be.
0: Right?
1: And then we get um, isolation from a vampire's point of view and how he talks about um, because he doesn't have a reflection in the mirror, right? And so he tells Giles, you know, Giles is like, "We're hunting an invisible person. It's kind of like out of my job description. I don't. I'm kind of like out of my depth here." And Angel's like, looking in the mirror every day and seeing nothing there. It's an overrated pleasure.
0: <laughs> so he obviously is sad that he's a vampire. <laughs> he's so emo. Yeah, I, guess, I know. Too. Oh my god. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> okay, so now another
1: sepia, another sepia memory, and the yeah. big fucking reveal. Christy,
0: take it away. All right, thank God, dude. We can finally talk about how this is with the Cleo Duval episode because <laughs> that's really all it is. It doesn't even matter the angels in it. So finally, <laughs> we get we actually get an image of our antagonist for the first time in this flashback and we see Harmony and Cordelia and her like group of like quote unquote friends because I feel like she doesn't even really like them but her crew is all in the bathroom and they're talking shit about this teacher and Cleo Duvall is there and okay awesome so this is where I want you guys to google Cleo Duvall because listeners if you watch this episode you'll have a moment If you've seen anything in the 90s of, oh my god, I know this girl.
1: Dude, she was in The Faculty. She's all that. Can't Hardly Wait. This queen was in all of the 90s films that you can remember. (laughs) Every single thing.
0: She is the burn victim in Girl Interrupted. And she's also in Fucking But I'm a Cheerleader, which... Is Classic, gay bait. Yeah. She is gay bait. In this <laughs> well, episode, well, but yeah. I don't think that "But I'm a Cheerleader" was gay bait. They're no, all actually Duvall gay. gay okay, I think Clea Duvall is gay bait. I feel like, yeah, I fucking, I fucking loved her in this. I got so excited. So but I, I want to point that that's who out that um, she was in this episode of Buffy like before she was in any of that. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, she was amazing in this. So this was like her intro. I was so
1: excited when the memory has her. And it's interesting because the last scene ends with Angel talking about not having a reflection and this memory opens with Claire Duvall looking in the mirror in the Mm -hmm. bathroom at herself while simultaneously being ignored by Cordelia and Harmony. She keeps trying to like add to their conversation and she's either completely ignored um or like shut out of the conversation explicitly like as if that she is like invisible kind of is like kind of the the vibe
0: but it's also her jokes are hella good i guess but also it's like you're not part of this like i get it you know like you're you're not our friend. <laughs> yeah. And I get that they're like mean or whatever, but but duh. they walk up on her too. She's already standing there and they like crowd around. They walk her to the and start sink. having this conversation. They like walk to all the, the sink. sinks are next to each other. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's a small I'm not excusing their
1: reaction. I'm not excusing their reaction, but I agree
0: with Jen on this. If we were having a conversation in the bathroom, and some person who we do not I guess no, because
1: they they claim to not even know her, right? Yeah, which Which is part part of why she feels yeah Yeah. invisible.
0: But it's also like, dude, this is
1: I don't know. Yeah, actually, I feel like this has happened to us, and Jen is always the person that lets that person come into the conversation. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think so too. I definitely like talking to strangers (laughs) i know it's like my worst nightmare (laughs) okay so now we get to this amazing part where buffy is outside and she is wearing this like scarf as a choker so it's like this thick like fabricy scarf like a summer scarf and it's tied around her neck just to be a choker and it's I've never seen anything like it. It looks so amazing. And then she has these crazy thick sunglasses that are kind of like those almond-shaped, like classic 90s almond-shaped glasses. Yes. It was just amazing, amazing look. And so this is where your- it looks like a
1: 50s movie star that's trying to, like, <laughs> go somewhere without the paparazzi, like, noticing Yeah, them. like, she's
0: just about to drive away in a convertible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With, like, her scarf fluttering. These vibes. Yeah! Like with this and with that like hair tie thing. Totally! Like the 50s were in in 1997, apparently. Apparently it was back. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, she's about to go to the sock hop for sure. (laughs) 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 And so this is kind of where we get that the gang essentially starts to figure out who, like they're connecting to the, the dots to who this person is. They figure out someone's been missing. It's this person named Marcy Ross. Mm-hmm. She's been missing for a while. Um, she plays in the band and plays the flute, which I thought was a cool American Pie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Willow's <laughs> the one who even says it. She's like, she plays the flute. <laughs> um, even though American Pie was after this.
1: Wait, so Buffy hears this and she's like, wait, I heard those footsteps go into the band room. Totally. So she goes to investigate the band room by herself, and she sees a footprint on a chair that's leading to the ceiling.
0: And it's, like, this white powdery footprint, and so I kind of thought that there was going to be something in the end where she, like, thought of that, and then, like, threw flour um, (laughs) on... You know, like I kind of thought that was gonna come back, but it does not. <laughs> no. no, it does
1: not come back. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that is the only way to defeat an
1: invisible person. Totally, it's like covering them Dude. with flowers.
0: Apparently yeah. not, though. Totally, we'll see later.
1: Um, but yeah, so she goes up into the ceiling and she finds a weird squatter's uh like bedroom. Yeah. I guess. somehow just like
0: there's a like a mattress. mattress. <laughs>
1: I don't know how the white cork ceiling is, like, supporting a mattress and, like, all the shit, but apparently it is. And there's a flute, a yearbook, and a teddy bear. (laughs) So (laughs) weird. I was thinking of all the shit that I would bring to, like, a squatting bedroom, and none of those things were. I mean, I don't play the flute, but I would bring, She's got to keep up. She practices still. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, music, flute music strewn about um, sheet music and it's amazing because like as Buffy's looking in the yearbook there's like a knife floating <laughs> behind
0: but it doesn't stop her yeah it could Maybe, have it sees that Buffy is empathizing it's mm-hmm. like whoa this girl is fucking I feel hella seen right now mm-hmm. as this person like goes through my personal belongings <laughs> and like feels for me I guess in my nest but it doesn't do enough to like change her behavior. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, she thinks that... No, I think that she thinks that Buffy can learn. Sure. Because she kind of, like, goes through this whole, like, they have to learn thing that she is like telling herself is what she's doing and like well, using that to totally like, but I just mean yeah. that it doesn't like prevent her from going about her plan she's definitely yes. not like oh I'm gonna she's not tell yeah she's like I'm not yeah. gonna just have Buffy help me um yeah and the next part of her
1: plan is like the most fucked up I agree
0: <laughs> Yeah, um, and it's <laughs>
1: the Eng- of course, as we discussed earlier on. It's the English teacher dude that's a mentor to a student. Mm-hmm. She's just in her office grading papers, and all of a sudden, <laughs> a plastic fucking bag is put over her head,
0: <laughs> so like a Ziploc, giant Ziploc bag. Dude.
1: <laughs> and thank God she lives too, though, which is weird. So I feel like invisible person is not super great at like murder. In like the easiest place to murder people, Sunnydale High School. So the teacher lives (laughs) too. Luckily, she's discovered by Cordelia, and as Cordelia saves her, yeah, (laughs) saves her, and as she's saving her, the chalk at the chalkboard is
0: floating, and it writes,
1: "Listen."
0: So far we have look and listen in different, different mediums. (laughs) Yeah. Seen some spray paint, now some chalk. So (laughs) uh, obviously she's got some arts and crafts supplies up there.
1: So meanwhile, Buffy has taken that yearbook she found and she brings it back to the library and they find that inside all that's written is have a nice summer, which the gang clarifies it means she has zero friends. Yeah, and they're like, then
0: she's totally a murderer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Dude,
1: and even Xander and Willow had signed have a nice summer and they don't remember her or know her and they had four classes with her last semester, it's realized. But okay, so but Giles hearing that not even Willow remembers this person, he has like an aha moment and realized that this is a physics-based problem. Yeah, he's like this physics. Right. So And he is like talking about the theory that he's thinking of right now. And it's that reality is shaped and created by our own perception. And as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, Burning Man.
0: You know, that is actually (laughs) like a real quantum physics. That's essentially like Schrodinger's... Per, like cat, right? It's like when the cat is in the box, it it, it like could be dead or alive. Like it it's, exists in these both states and it's not until you open the box and look at the box that it is either dead or alive because you as the observer are the one who like creates the reality. So that actually is real quantum physics (laughs) yes it is but it is theory
1: that only shows up on my facebook timeline when someone is trying to manifest tickets to burning man but they haven't been able to pay rent for six months well that's because that is the only time that i see
0: it yeah totally (laughs) i did actually have to take a quantum mechanics class (laughs) and like (laughs) mathematically compute some of these problems so it's real (laughs) (laughs) electrons have a half spin. It's not only I know, up or down. I know it's real
1: because I do end up seeing those fucking people in the desert every year. <laughs> so I know that it is real. Okay, wait, so now we get the last memory.
0: Yeah, and so again, we're sepia-colored. So that's how we know it's memory. And
1: it's the teacher. <laughs> it's the English teacher that just got smothered. It's her class. And It is Marcy and it's show it's a really quick memory and it's just her being ignored in class and and willow and everyone is there and they're all getting called on and even random characters who we'll never meet are getting called on and she's not getting called on and and she realized that her hand is starting to disappear in front of her, dude. Like she's actually turning invisible in class and not even people don't even notice that. I she, like, doesn't say it.
0: anything. She just, like, quietly lets it happen, which I feel like I <laughs> can hella relate to. Just being, like, well, I guess I'm turning invisible now. And, like, I don't want to bother anybody <laughs> about yeah. that. I'll just let it happen. Not to inconvenience you or anything. But in my <laughs> yeah, hands, but like, I'm fucking invisible. going invisible. <laughs> and, and so, essentially, I guess she's, like, a victim Right, yeah. so this is where it's yeah, like totally. she's kind of a victim, and then um, someone. I, I think Willow says that she's miffed. <laughs> it's like <what laughs> no wonder she she's missed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Dude, um, miffed where you're attacking people with baseball bats? Yeah, and shaking them out with bags. <laughs> yeah. Jesus and then so who walks in?
1: Cordelia. Cordy to the library dude yeah dude and she wants to ask for buffy's help because she saw that buffy has a bag full of weapons
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, which is genius she's like i was hoping you were in a gang (laughs) dude which is like honestly more than anyone else has bothered to notice about buffy like she literally dropped her mace on the ground (laughs) multiple maces fell out this is fine This is fine, (laughs) but Cordy at least was like, "This bitch is in a gang," and I. And you would think
1: you would think that Cordelia is seeing that Buffy has all these weapons, like that you would start being nice to that kid in school. But she still
0: risks it. She's like, "Whatever, I'm still going to be a bitch." The social ladder is too important. (laughs) Yes.
1: Dude, and so Buffy is, like, what? basically, like, oh, so now, what, now you want my help, and then Cordelia, this is when Cordelia says, please, like, I have no one else to turn to, and it's at this moment that Giles, like, offers Cordelia to sit down with the group, right, so I yeah, feel yes. like it's, like, a foreshadowing, and, like, it's, like, a myth, like, um, a metaphor for like, okay, like here, like please join us. Totally. Like, join this conversation. Especially because they
0: immediately are like, it's this invisible girl. And she's not surprised. She's like, All, Dude. Right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even also... know about the hell mouth. <laughs> Dude, she grew up there. She knows something. Dude, meanwhile, she...
1: Marcy's losing her mind in the ceiling, muttering to herself about teaching lessons to people. <laughs> And she's, like, grabbing rope. And, like... Dude,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so the gang's plan is to lure... They know that she's after Cordelia, obviously. She just attacked her mentor. And it's so
0: stupid that they're just planning this in the fucking school where they know that the person they're trying to trick <laughs> yeah, is they fucking keep acting invisible like- and lives in the ceiling, <laughs> Acting like they don't know that she's invisible. Like for whatever reason, they just keep pretending that she's not invisible. It's super irritating.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um. So their plan is to lure Marcy to the Bronze for like the prom, like party. I guess prom is at the Bronze.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Is that okay? Because they. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I guess. And so they're going to use Cordelia as bait, basically. So that's the plan. And then the next scene is, like, the classic, like, Buffy, like, two simultaneous scenes going on at one time. And so we have Cordelia and Buffy going off. Cordelia's going to get ready for prom. She's apparently, like, getting dressed at school. Again, super fucking weird that Cordelia would get ready at school. (laughs) And then... Xander, Giles, and Willow, they hear giggling and so they follow it into the scary school basement.
0: Right. Well, don't they hear a flute? Oh, it's yeah. a flute. It's yeah, it is yeah, like yeah. flute ass flute music, just like coming through the halls, dude. Yeah. And they're like, oh, even though we've been making all of our plans in public that's definitely (laughs) her like playing the flute and they're like let's just try to be nice to her (laughs) yeah that's all she needs dude she's just miffed she's just a little miffed and they go into like the fucking broiler room (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's that scary broiler room from the last
1: episode with the scary man attacked that girl smoking a cigarette (laughs) Dude. dude nothing good happens there Dude, and so they end up. It's a trick. It's actually just a tape playing flute music. They fell for her trap. She locks them in the basement, and then you just hear like gas. Yeah, like, gas like, is saving noise.
0: Do you smell gas?
1: <laughs> gas <laughs> is like odorless, dude. So I don't know how that would happen. <laughs> Most gases. But anyways, you hear like no, dude. Gas is not odorless. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. okay Wait, okay. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they normally
0: right. like purposely put stuff in it. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, yeah, they foot But you're yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: so they're trapped. Meanwhile, Cordelia, who was getting changed, she gets like, okay. So this is. I have a question about like how strong, like the strength of Marcy. Because somehow Cordelia is like pulled through the ceiling.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was weird. And I feel like she she has that rope, dude. And also, she's pretty tall, right? And so, remember when Buffy was in the ceiling and how she was like crawling around on her knees? right like it's not that big Oh, <laughs> so when Cordelia so there's this scene where Cordelia's changing right and the door is closed and then Buffy opens the door and you just see her legs going up into the ceiling but like straight up she's up. not sideways <laughs> so it's like there's not enough room in the ceiling dude. she can't just go straight up anyways
1: <laughs> yeah it was wild I was definitely like damn Marcy's strong as fuck okay and so but before
0: that, they were kind of having this like, Buffy and Cordy were having like a heart to heart. Yeah, like a very, again, a very after school special. It's hard to be popular. None of my friends really know me kind of talks. Yeah. And it's like, it is, I think this is the episode where, like Amanda said, we're like, Cordelia is becoming part of the scooby gang or you know it's a slow process but it's starting with this episode it's starting like her and buffy's relationship really changes in this episode and this conversation where she like opens up and kind of shows some vulnerability to buffy i think is a huge shift in her character arc
1: Dude, and it's one more perspective on loneliness from, like, a different character's point of view and, like, how it can be different for every person, like, even the most popular person now, right? Like, so a perspective of being constantly surrounded by people but still feeling, like, alone and actually seeking out those people, like, knowing that there's really no, like, emotional, like, return in, like, her friendships but preferring to feel alone surrounded by people than, like, alone because she actually is alone
0: which is yeah. like a deep
1: let's um, like that's like a deep thought for cordelia right totally to like admit she, that has to herself.
0: A, she has a line where she says it beats being lonely all by yourself and her delivery like charisma carpenter is probably one of the better actors in this season and the delivery is very good and it's super heartbreaking and you do you do super feel for her. I just couldn't shake the cheesy after school special feels around, especially the Cordelia talk around being lonely. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> and so yeah, so she um, is in <laughs> pulled up in directly, the squat. vertically up. Well, yes. But so Cordelia gets like right. She's vertically pulled up into the ceiling, and so Muffy has to go save her. So she does this like Olympic <laughs> fucking like bar routine yeah, totally. she like, she, with no momentum at no all. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like with a few swings when I was really fit maybe I could pull myself up like up into a ceiling from a bar but she does it with no swing at all she puts her arms on the bar and then she is like in the ceiling yeah. and it is amazing Yeah, that shit was amazing. She punches through the door first. And it's like, okay, like that door is probably pretty cheap wood. And like, you're strong, but you don't have to be superhuman strong to punch through like a cheap wooden door, I imagine. But to pull yourself up into the ceiling like that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That was some Buffy strength that we really saw, yeah.
1: Okay, wait, so speaking of super strength, so Buffy gets up there, she sees Cordelia is in the squat, she's, like, laid out on the bed, passed out, and then all of a sudden she's punched so hard that she, like, goes flying. Again, I'm like, how strong is Marcy? That totally. was, like, a vampire strength punch. And
0: she, and falls, through she falls
1: through the ceiling. She falls through the
0: ceiling. And it's like, dude, you've been sleeping up here and crawling around here for <laughs> six months. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> so Buffy falls to the ground
1: of like a classroom and then you see like this this floating needle like floats so slowly to Buffy's neck (laughs) but Buffy completely could have avoided it she just is like sitting so (laughs) still waiting for the needle to enter her neck (laughs) it's fucking amazing um and so she's passed out obviously because she was injected with some type of like
0: like, something that was in a first-aid kit. Yeah. Because there's, like, a spilled-open first-aid kit, so it's, like, what fucking... What is this school nurse, dude, that she has? Dude, (laughs) the school nurse has to deal with some crazy shit at Sunville High. (laughs) For sure. She, like, needs this. But it's... Yeah, it is... Speaking of the Slayer strength or whatever, it is kind of crazy that, like, that it worked on Buffy, that her, like, Slayer strength doesn't require... Yeah, like, like the same much. amount of chemical. Yeah, maybe. It yeah. Did because she yeah. does drop later. Okay, so she. Obviously, this girl knows that Buffy's the Slayer, right? Yeah, uh, totally. She said.
1: They've been yes. listening. Yeah. She's been listening to them. <laughs> yes.
0: And so um, Cordelia and Buffy kind of like come to, and they're like tied with the rope to these like dope thrones.
1: In the bronze? Yeah.
0: In the bronze so she carried them there
1: okay again i was thinking that how strong is this bitch because i thought the same thing i was like how did they get there like how long have they been passed out and i how didn't did know they get where there? they
0: were i didn't know they were at the bronze i thought they were in like the theater
1: oh I, I thought don't know. they were at the bronze no yeah. they're at the bronze okay. yeah it's like
0: the prom king and queen i see okay that they're tied to because there's like a curtain where we get Best art and crafts project of the episode. It's glitter. It's glitter. So it's fucking glitter
1: glitter glitter (laughs) (laughs) writing.
0: So it's all like shimmering and moving and stuff. It's pretty impressive.
1: So we have look, listen, and learn. Look, listen, and And this
0: is where we find out that Marcy thinks that Buffy is like, like. Worth saving or can like be taught this fucked up lesson that Marcy thinks that the students need to learn. And she is going to teach her this lesson by making her watch Cordelia get mutilated in front of her. Yeah, at first that I thought she was gonna like take her face, but then Me too. Oh, I she thought she got, was gonna take cause her face. She like face. rolls out all of a sudden like this invisible, shaky cart with a towel over it. It's like <laughs> eh, 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 and like rolls out, and then it she fucking like, rolls the towel off, and it's all the surgical equipment. And then there is just this floating syringe for like so long. <laughs> like <laughs> it's there for so long, and she's just like holding it in front of her face and so yeah i totally thought she's gonna steal her face and then she just says that she's gonna make sure she has a memorable like no one will ever forget your face
1: yeah
0: um, and fucking then yeah she says she's this gonna line. fucking
1: joker her yes! fucking face she literally says
0: she's gonna fucking make her smile fake, dude yeah <laughs> and that's what she says to buffy like what are you gonna do slay me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought it was weird
1: how she just acknowledged that and moved on maybe she doesn't really know fully what it is like how prophetic of a i just
0: feel like she doesn't care dude i think that she's she's invisible what the fuck does she care yeah she's like way into just like whatever this like torture um fantasy that she's been like working up for cordelia that's probably been like maybe they've been to school probably since like sixth grade together or remember right? So who knows how long this plan has been bubbling up Where she's trying
1: to mutilate that bitch's face. Dude, so Buffy's trying to reason with her. She's like, come on, you don't have to do this. She gets punched in the face. Again, how strong is Marcy? Because she fully fucks Buffy up. She punches her so aggressively. And Buffy's like, you know what? Fuck this. And so she kicks the cart into where she assumes Marcy is standing because Marcy's invisible and then she easily escapes the ropes <laughs> like yeah. she pulls her arms out of these janky ropes and okay cool she's she's actually escaped meanwhile the gang is like dying in the basement xander will they're all like
0: huddled on each other yeah know? passing
1: out <laughs> passing yeah. out and all of a sudden angel opens the door and saves them oh Dude, Everything yeah. is right in the world. It is,
0: dude. <laughs> I
1: knew it was going to be Angel that saved them the whole time. I was like, okay. That's because how they couldn't get out otherwise. Yeah.
0: And there was no one else available. And he was like, Something's hey, guys, funny. what's up? How's
1: it going? Here's the codex. Uh, <laughs> and he also... Okay. He also said something I thought was so weird. He was like, it's cool. I'll go into the basement and turn off the gas. It's not like I need the oxygen. So are they... This is the first time that we hear that there's some weird Twilight shit going on of like, they don't need to breathe. I
0: guess Vampires don't need to breathe. Yeah, easily. I mean, they don't have to eat. They don't have to breathe. They don't have like biological, right? Like their bodies are yeah. really, yeah, interesting.
1: I don't know because I feel like not all vampire stories talk about that. Like I know yeah. in Twilight, because I just watched all the movies, <laughs> Do they have this moment where they're like coaching her because they're like okay make sure to like take breaths because they'll notice if like your test isn't moving or whatever and i was like oh shit, weird that was the first time i heard that like va- a vampire is not breathing
0: weird dude yeah
1: um this is now the second time so i guess they're confirming <laughs> that in the yeah. either, there's no breathing going on wait so does that mean that when like Angel and Buffy, bone. He's like not
0: breathing heavily or whatever, dude. Unless he wants to just like fake it for her, make it like get hot. Experience, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I guess we'll just have to
1: find out in that
0: episode. I guess. Yeah, (laughs) I'll have to watch. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So now we have the codex, and so this is so okay. Back at the where Buffy is when. So Buffy's loose, right? And she's standing, and this fucking invisible bitch is just like fucking. She's her. beating
1: the shit out yeah, of her. Yeah, and she's like,
0: "What are you gonna do? I'm invisible." And at this point is when I'm like, "Oh, you gotta throw the powder on her, like the footprint." <laughs> like I just am like feeling it's gonna come together, but fucking Buffy doesn't need that shit. She just closes her fucking. She eyes. uses the force. <laughs> yeah, don't and don't. just like senses her, dude. It was amazing. She like um, I, listens
1: for the change in wind. Yes, dude.
0: Yeah, I definitely was, really was cool. like, yes, what yeah. happened? And like, had a moment of like, dude, this is why I loved Buffy as like a younger person, and like what makes her. Yeah, that moment where she's just so fucking badass. Yeah, it was very cool. There is definitely like wind blowing her like PC bun around <laughs> <laughs> and her like swoop bang it was like yes. <laughs> yeah um, there, it was a really cool scene how they kind of like buzzed up everything around her you know so that was,
1: like, dude and she's actually doing one of if you caught it she's listening yes just like and one of the messages so she did learn a lesson yeah um, and so finally, as she's getting the situation under the control, that's when the FBI shows up.
0: Dude, so wait, so Buffy kicks her into a curtain, dude, and that's, like, how then she's able to, like, see her so she can, like, fucking finally take her, so now it's just a person with a curtain over their bodies at this point, dude. It's way less scary. Yeah, it's, it's, then it gets campy and funny. So then the suits come in, right, and they're, like, FBI. But they've never showed their badges, dude. Yeah, they do. Well, because they're men in black. One dude shows his badge when he says he's going to take the girl, and Buffy's like, "Take her where?" And then the guy shows his badge and says, "Like, introduces themselves as FBI." But I don't know. It's not like she he like lashes it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's not like, not like she Buffy could take the badge it. number. Yeah, totally, dude. I thought that this was the previous part of the episode, <laughs> dude. 100%. it's actually the most sinister
1: honestly yeah. because
0: they they're definitely her... like we're gonna make her a um functional or no. part of society yeah. yeah yeah
1: and they realize that this happens at other schools I guess it like happens all the time
0: yeah because... which is also super dark <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. people are getting ignored all over and crawling into ceiling tiles yeah, yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dude, and dude. that's how things are resolved. And then the next day.
0: Yeah, and then the next day we have Cordelia, right? She comes up to thank the gang, which I thought was very nice because she they did stuff. He did save her, <laughs> and um, Willow invites her to lunch, which I thought was awkward because it's like she's not trying to be your friend. She's just saying thank you for saving my <laughs> life, dude. You know, like don't jump it. Lunch is taking it a little far, and then... Yeah,
1: that's in a very public place. We totally, can't have that. Dude. Dude. And then
0: that's obviously what happens, because all of the her little lackeys come up, and Courtney has to then, like, pretend to be mean, I guess, now. It was a kind of thing where she's, like, made fun of the gang, but it's totally, like, she... Like, now it's an understanding that she is making fun of them because of, like, she for
1: social Social. obligation yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and then Um, the episode closes in the best way (laughs) we have the fbi building or whatever and they are like you know leading invisible marcy to a room and she walks in and it's like an fbi teacher that's teaching an invisible class (laughs)
0: it's like like, have a seat marcy yeah everyone (laughs) welcome marcy yeah, yeah, she like, yeah. <laughs> she
1: knows what an empty seat is. Totally. <laughs> and then the last shot is like her opening her book and it's like assassinations and infiltration. Yeah, they're learning how
0: to assa- become assassins with textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, cool. Yeah. She's definitely not upset mm-hmm. at this no. turn of events. Okay, so the question I have for you after this episode is... Is Marcy wearing clothes? And if you, if this happened to you, would you wear clothes?
1: I feel like it's. I think she has to be naked, right? Because there's no re- reason why the clothes would change, right? Because
0: when she got invisible, though, it was in that classroom, and there wasn't like a pile of clothes. Well, Dude, there who might knows have been that she ran no one out noticed.
1: or something. They Don't really talk about it. it's like her hands started disappearing. So we don't totally. know exactly
0: what Like she how to. long that process and to. when the cloth is on her, when that like curtain is on her, we see the curtain. It's not yeah. like the curtain touches her and becomes oh, visible. That's true. But also I don't know, dude. I feel I also feel like I would be surprised if like someone who went to Sunnydale High was comfortable enough with their naked body to like <laughs> You know? No, no but it might also, be... Also, she, like, lived in that nasty attic. That's true. And there and was no clothes to, up like, there. And in her footprint, it was totally a shoe print. Oh. She could be naked with just shoes. Yeah, to protect Did her If she w- puts and... a
1: tampon in, is it just a floating tampon? <laughs> it's just the string. Oh, just the string. <laughs> I guess, yeah. If it was a matter of necessity, it's like she has to be naked. But I feel like I would still... But I guess I wouldn't know. I guess I would know what the outfit looked like before I put it on. It's not like I could look in a mirror and see if it looked good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't wear outfits for fashion, but I feel like I would still wear clothes for, like, Like, you know, I don't want my puss to get dirty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Stuff could get in it. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want to get, like, a UTI. (laughs) (laughs) From stalking and killing people. (laughs) So So you could just wear one of those, like, green man, like, (laughs) (laughs) Felt like this was a good episode i thought it got really dark um and yeah what did what was your guys's
1: yeah takeaways? i think uh this is i think the next episode is the last episode of the season mm-hmm. so this was our last dose of like the single episode storylines and i think that um angel coming through with the codex is kind of their way of like steering it back to the main timeline so we're probably going to have some type of big showdown with the master. He's got a big plan. Angel's back on the scene. Um.
0: I hope that Buffy has to kill that kid.
1: <laughs> Chosen one? Or wait, what's it called? Yeah, the anointed yeah. one. The anointed, yeah. the anointed.
0: The anointed. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, I feel like I, I really like I really like the campy episodes the best. So this wasn't my favorite episode out of the season, but I was still super excited about it. I still remembered it as an episode that I really liked, and I thought that it was really cool and interesting that we had an episode where it's really just the violence and evil inside of a human being instead of... Like a demon or a monster, so I think that that was really cool, and I'm excited really like for the character-driven. Like we haven't really had yes. such a character-driven like episode in a while, which is really cool. Like we finally, yeah. I think, are getting to the point where we know these characters well enough that they're like starting to really be able to flesh out their behaviors a little bit more. Yeah. Exciting. I'm excited for the last episode.
1: Yeah. We got some foreshadowing. Season, season finale.
0: Cool. Well, thanks, listeners, for joining us on this journey. Um, we are excited to see you next week. Bang, gang. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. This episode was created and recorded by Amanda Kelly, Chris Rath, and Jen Rath. It was edited by Jen Rav. Our theme music is by Daniel Nico and James Bassa. Thanks everyone for listening!